0: we all have a yearning for love but relationships can be confusing and complicated dr tammy balashevsky says it all starts from within it starts with a journey to center here's your host for journey to center on empower radio dr tammy balashevsky hello my friends i'm so happy to be connecting with you here today on journey to center and empower radio so are you aware of your relationship with your emotions? And if so, what would you say the primary motivating emotion of your life is? Is it fear or love? Are there things you'd like to do, but talk yourself out of because it's not practical or logical? Or are you being propelled by enthusiasm, inspiration, creativity, and love? Do you wake up excited about your day or do you feel trapped and depressed by the current state of your reality? I've experienced life from both of these different postures, and though it was really scary taking a leap of faith and making the big changes I needed to make to attain freedom, peace of mind, and align with my soul, I'm so grateful to the universe for the signs, support, and encouragement to go for my dreams and utter a resounding yes to life. My guest today dug deep and garnered immense courage at a very early age. From the outside looking in, all was wonderful in this young man's life. He enjoyed a fairly privileged childhood and seemed to be right on track as he embarked on his college career. But a painful, chronic skin condition combined with anxiety and depression inspired him to make some tremendous, significant, and profound changes in his life. After a great deal of soul-searching, this young man decided to take a leave of absence from college and buy a one-way ticket to Guatemala. We're here with Jake Heilbrunn. He's the author of Off the Beaten Trail, an inspiring memoir about his journey of leaving college at 18 years old and solo backpacking through Central America. Jake didn't have a phone or even know how to speak Spanish. After this sole sojourn and writing his incredible book, Jake has evolved into an emerging leader of his generation and reached thousands of people through his motivational speaking engagements, blog posts, and inspirational videos. Additionally, Jake has been featured in Psychology Today, Thought Catalog, the San Diego Union Tribune, and various other publications. Jake's intention and mission is to empower people to live a life of passion, purpose, faith, and love by encouraging them to listen to their inner voice, heeding their intuition, and then taking the positive action steps in their life to head them in the right direction. So Jake, thanks for saying yes to being on my show today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. That was like the most kind introduction I've ever heard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was easy. I'm just speaking the truth. I really loved your book. It was so well-written. It felt like it was on this journey with you. And your wisdom is quite profound for being um, someone so young. I'm really enjoying um, this this book and you, and I'm just so proud of you. You have such Uh, great courage and such great wisdom to share.
1: I appreciate it.
0: So um, let's just talk about this. You you were suffering with a really challenging, painful uh, skin condition and had a lot of anxiety and depression. Do you want to just start there? And then what prompted you to dig really deep and make these um, big changes in your life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it all started for me three days after arriving in Ohio for school. I was at the Ohio State University and I broke out in these hives and rashes like all over my legs and arms. And they were really uncomfortable, almost to the point where I was like waddling where I went because just the touch on my shorts was so aggravating. And unfortunately, almost every day I kept waking up with them and I saw doctors, immunologists, dermatologists. I had all these pills, creams, tests, and they didn't know what was wrong. So they diagnosed me with a chronic skin condition. And this was about a month and a half into the semester. I was doing really well in my classes. I'd made some friends. And yeah, like, like you mentioned, on the outside, everything looked great, but I was really struggling. Um, I was experiencing severe anxiety, which to me felt like this ball that would like roll up in my throat and almost prevent me from being able to speak. Sometimes I was like hyper anxious and I didn't know why that was the most frustrating part. And, you know, the blessing in this, which I, of course, didn't realize at the time was I really started to question the path of my life. You know, I kind of went through like an existential crisis at 18. Like, why am I here? And I remember this girl, she was 21 years old. She was killed in a car accident off campus. I remember thinking, like, what if that was me? Would I be happy with the life I was living? And for whatever reason, for even before getting to school, like my true dream was to travel and experience other ways of life. Um, I, I really didn't have any passion for what I was studying in school, although doing well. And I, you know, kind of tinkered back and forth for months and months. Do I take this leap of faith to travel and follow my gut, or do I just stay in school and you know beat this anxiety and depression and just hope it will go away and and do what's expected of me? And then everything changed one night where uh, I made the decision to leave. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that was really profoundly courageous. And and how did your parents respond to this decision?
1: Well, at first, you know, it's not like I just came home and hopped on a flight to Guatemala the next day. I So at first I was coming home just to come home. And um, of course, the plan was to travel, but they were just happy to know that a, I was coming home because they understood that, like, mentally I wasn't in the best place. And I, I kept a lot of open communication with them. So they knew I was struggling it wasn't like a surprise to them. Mm -hmm. So that was like the first thing. And then once I did get my skin condition sort of under control, I saw a holistic doctor switched up my diet, but you know, the biggest thing was stress. So Mm -hmm. I kind of made a conscious decision that I was going to go on this travel. I was going to travel with or without the skin condition because I didn't want it to prevent me from living my life. And then I made, I found this opportunity to teach English and in this rural town in Guatemala Um, and I, so I was going to do it. I was paying for it. And so I told my parents that, and they were, you know, I'm lucky. They were very supportive. I think they trusted me and they knew that this was what I wanted to do. And in both of their lives, they didn't necessarily pursue, um, careers and, uh, that they were passionate about. They never like consciously took the action to change it. And so I think I was lucky in the sense that they were supportive to see me taking control of my life.
0: Yeah that's wonderful that they that they did get behind this this huge decision. You said something really profound right away in your book and again it's so well written and I I just got so much value from it it was really um enjoyable to go on the, this adventure with you. And again there were so many wonderful nuggets where I had to ha- highlight them. So <laughs> you said something so profound I think anybody could get value from this. What if my anxiety and depression are due to a mismatch between my current and desired ri- reality? What if the life I'm living is not for me at all? I began to realize that my stress and anxiety stemmed from a misalignment within myself, a disconnect between my dreams and passions and what I was actually doing. I was like, bam, I know a (laughs) lot of people are going to be able to relate to that and probably it'll probably send them into a tailspin.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: like, oh yeah, that could put you on a different trajectory for sure. If you're not feeling great and you read that and you start sitting and thinking about that, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I think it's interesting. I actually recently read a book called The Happiness of Pursuit by Chris Gilbo, and he explores all these people who kind of took these journeys or quests, you could say. And an interesting um, trait is that a lot of the people experienced discontent. That was always an ingredient for them to start it. And so when I talk to people who are experiencing anxiety, depression, I remember for me, it's like, that's just a sign that you're maybe you need to make a right turn or a left turn somewhere. And so actually kind of viewing it as like, congratulations, like now you're one step closer to figuring out the thing that you love. And I feel like that can add fuel to the fire of, you know, once you do make the decision to take that leap forward, because it kind of like builds up your motivation to make a change. Once you're like sick and tired of being, you know, sick and tired.
0: Exactly. And I felt like that. I, I, I kept saying, this doesn't feel like it's my life. This doesn't feel like it's my life, but I didn't know how to make that left or right turn. So I personally just, you know, had a big conversation with God and said, I surrender. And then boy, I was taken a different direction. But today I will definitely say I'm living my life. That's amazing. um, It really is to be able to trust the process of life. That seemed like a big part of it for you as well. Would you say that's accurate?
1: Absolutely. And my big decision. So I actually came back for the second semester of college, which, you know, and my decision was made after the second day of the second semester when I talked with a career counselor, And she basically asked me two questions that changed the course of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first was she said, well, if you did leave school to travel, what's the worst thing that can happen? And of course, you know, the what if game like my mind went to the worst places. I was catastrophizing like thinking I would just be this huge failure for the rest of my life. And like, it didn't even make sense. But by keeping it suppressed, it was like paralyzing me from moving forward. So of course, I voiced out my fears and thoughts to her and realized they were just fears and thoughts. And then she asked me, you know, what is the, you keep thinking about the worst thing, what if it was the best thing that could happen? <laughs> it was in that moment. Like, I just imagined myself traveling, like I could feel this vision. And I thought maybe you know, maybe even write a book about it. That was just an idea at the time. And it was in that moment, it felt so real. Like I looked in the eyes and I said, I'm, I'm leaving school and I'm traveling. And it was when I immersed myself in that best case scenario, that like happy state of consciousness where I decided that was the destiny I wanted to create for myself. And of course, this was just a vision, but I trusted it. And I knew that that was the life that I wanted to go for because what was okay. previously there wasn't working.
0: Oh, I love that. And it reminds me of what I was talking about in the beginning. What is the primary emotion? So the worst that could happen is the fear-based question. And what's the best that can happen is the love-based. And so which way do you want to go? How do you prefer Uh, to live your life? So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I love the way you worded that. It's it's true.
0: I love the two big questions you just asked. It's it's exciting to sit with that. That's very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. So, um, Jake, you said... The meditation with the shaman in Guatemala led to this um, idea about writing the book. You want to talk about that experience a little bit? It seemed pretty profound.
1: Yeah. So of course I was writing, I had the idea to maybe write a book, but it wasn't like a a purpose-driven mission. It wasn't like I committed to it. I was just writing in my journal because I, I love to write and I wanted to capture what I was experiencing. And then about two months in, Um, I had this experience with a cacao shaman in a town called San Marcos in Lake Atitlan, Guatemala. And he was kind of renowned for like helping people uncover traumatic experiences and these profound realizations. And, you know, I kind of went into it a little skeptical. I mean, this dude looked like Dumbledore, like (laughs) straight out of Harry Potter. It felt like I had time traveled back to Woodstock, all these people there. But traveling for me was about having an open mind with all these experiences. So he got guides us through a bunch of exercises. And then about an hour and a half in, he says, we're going to do this thing called glow meditation, where you're going to sit and just smile and imagine this like white ball light. And of course, I thought it was sort of the cheesiest thing ever. But I kind of, I I just listened to him. And he said, you know, it's okay if you fake it till you make it, but just keep trying to get yourself to that place. And then I started diving in. And then I had, again, this vision. Um, This was the second time in my life where I've had like a vision that's guided me to, for months and months. And I saw myself standing on a stage, like with, um, I, an MC introduced me and saying how this book I wrote was inspiring all these people to like, to have the courage to pursue what they wanted. And I was wearing a white shirt. It was such a vivid image. And what was so powerful about that image in that day was because that was about two months into my travels. And, you know, I was at such a place of like peace. My skin condition was basically healed. I mean, I was in such a happy place and to go from such a low place, to a happy place from taking the sleep of faith was so empowering and the experiences I was having. And I realized like, this was no longer just an idea like i knew i had to write this book and i i remember staying up that entire night like i couldn't even sleep i was so excited because i knew that i was going to do it and then funny enough a month a little over a month ago i had my book launch party and i read that scene and of course i'm wearing a white shirt (laughs) and everyone started laughing because you know that was the conscious vision i had 16 months ago that guided me to where i am today
0: Wow. I love that. That is so awesome. And this is something you say in your book that I just, I I, I love that I had to highlight it. I was living with significantly less in terms of material goods in the San Andreas, yet felt significantly more whole inside. I felt a new sense of control over my own life. A confidence was building inside me, pushing me to continue living a life conducive to my own happiness. This different way of life has shown me there are different ways to live. It struck me that the hardest part of my journey thus far was not getting to the San Andreas or trekking 75 miles in the jungle or the bugs or adjusting to simple living conditions. The hardest part had been leaving school, booking my flight. The hardest part had been taking action despite my fears. Maybe true courage is the act of persevering towards one's dream despite the presence of fear. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I do believe that uh, that first step is the hardest part because. I think, you know, and that's the whole message of the book, if I had to sum it up, you know, when we have the courage to take a leap of faith based on our intuition, um, you know, the the world, the universe works with us, not against us.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's it. That really does boil it down once again to fear, love. The universe is on our side, but it can be hard to trust that you have to experiment with that for yourself. And um, you wrote about that too. authors like Jack. Campfield and Tony Robbins explained how a change of attitude could change your world and you wanted to believe it, but you had to test it for yourself and you did. And now you're a living example of how this can work and hopefully inspire others to do the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Both Jack and Tony's work has been really inspiring to me. And like you just said, um, I read another book while I was traveling. It was like this quantum physicist theory of everything. And he basically said, you know, don't believe a word I say, but taste the pudding for yourself. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was like this trip. I was like, you know, I was 18. I didn't have a I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't know Spanish, but I, I knew that I needed to test the world for myself. And it like I said, it was a gut decision. I felt like there was a knowingness. Like, of course, I had moments on the journey where I was fearful and like a couple little hesitant moments here and there. But I really believe that I was guided by something deep within me or deep within the world that was like protecting me. And I don't even know if that makes sense, but like, I was so, I felt so aligned with what I was doing. And of course there was fear there, but it was still, you know, I think there is a little bit of fear when we say, take that step outside of our comfort zone. And, you know, I think it's up to us to, to weigh that fear. And there is like the good type of fear that we can hone into, but I don't think that is fear in the way you're explaining it. It's almost like. It's the part of love that just maybe looks like fear, but we have to distinguish between the two.
0: Absolutely. We have to be able to discern that for ourselves. And I had to do the same thing. It's like, am I afraid or could I reframe this as maybe excitement and and jumping into the mystery and not knowing? And so I chose to look at it as such. Okay, maybe it's not fear. Maybe it's just energy and make friends with that energy and and just take that leap, knowing that I am loved and supported by the universe. So, um, yeah, when we can look at it like that, it can be. It can be helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think once wh- I feel like it's like the gut intuition, I call it like the follow your gut muscle. And <laughs> uh, I believe like once you do the first thing, every other experience, like it, it becomes easier and, and you you get more like you're more easily able to understand which decision is like a gut feeling as opposed to like a logical one. Yeah. And so once you make that first step, then the next step becomes easier and easier, even if they are huge decisions. So it's really about like being able to hone in and, and grow your gut intuition muscle.
0: <laughs> I love that. I haven't heard it put like that, and, but I think it's, it's perfect. I think it's awesome. So something that I love that you're doing is that you're going and you're speaking to like high school students, um, you know, that are thinking about maybe going into college. Why do you think, Jake, that so many high school and college students are feeling such anxiety and depression?
1: I think a lot of it is stemming. I think there's a lot of different factors. I think for one thing, um, social media, I think, plays a factor in the sense, and this is what I experience and I always share when I speak, is that um, social media, like, you know, everyone's going to post fun, happy moments. That's just the way it is. But the reality is everyone's human and everyone has struggles. So when you see when you are struggling yourself, when you see all these happy things, you feel alone. You're like, why is it just me who's feeling this way? Of course, I don't think that's the root, but I think that's a contributing factor. And I think the second thing is, I mean, our world and society with technology and the opportunity, like my generation has so much opportunity that technology has provided. And the way that our parents and grandparents did it, which was, you know, maybe going to school And spending tons of money and pursuing something without ever taking the time to stop and think about our life. Like we're just go, go, go. And I think a lot of kids feel that anxiety depression because they're living lives based on the expectation of other people. And when we take the time to stop and analyze that and and think about things from our own terms – you know, we can decipher that, but most kids and myself, including, we just keep going down the path. We never take that time to stop. And I think a lot of kids are misaligned because they're just going, going, going and never stopping to consciously think what's best for them.
0: You make a good point. It does seem like things are moving faster and technology certainly has shifted the landscape um, of our reality. So I, I, yeah, I think what you're saying is so important and so profound, like get out of the mind a little bit, get more into the heart get into you know the experience of life into the present moment Um, And you said something else that I just loved. When we were kids, we had a unique fascination with the world. Every flash of color, every minute detail, every invigorating smell, baffling sound, every new face. They captivate and enthrall us. We aren't concerned about being right or wrong, rich or poor, Democratic or Republican, boy, girl, black or white. We accept the kaleidoscope and influx of emotions and sensory detail that is life. We simply are. We are beautiful, breathing balls of energy and love, and we still are.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah, that is one of my favorite lines. That's what
0: I'm talking about. That, And I do identify <laughs> with that now. I feel like I'm a ball of energy and love.
1: <laughs> yeah. And of course, I think especially like if anyone was listening or if I had heard that like two years ago, you know, it might have come across as really cheesy and like what, but I think the powerful thing about travel, and I don't even think it's just limited to travel, but it's about when you experience something in your life that is so far from the realm of what is your routine in everyday life, and makes you question and it makes it challenges your perception of the world. And like a kid when we're young, like we have all these different experiences. And so we're like so fascinated. And, you know, I know Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this, the author of Big Magic and Eat, Pray, Love, like, you know. Um, don't worry about following your passion because that stresses people out, but follow your curiosity Mm -hmm. and what travel is such a powerful vehicle is for showing you these different experiences where you're like, Hmm, this is interesting. Let me try this. Let me try that. And that Mm -hmm. pursuit of curiosity for me, which, you know, very line in line with intuition is where I found the fulfillment, you know, just like Mm -hmm. a kid exploring the world for the first time.
0: Yeah. That's just it. What makes you feel alive? What makes you excited? What feels joyful? And why can't you explore that? Why can't you sit with that and consider it? You know? Um, so I think that you're, again, your book is so um, enjoyable to read. I feel like I was on the adventure with you and it was a different kind of experience than I would choose for myself because I like riding horses and sleeping and <laughs> <but> we all <laughs> have to figure out what is it that makes you feel alive? Do that. Do more of that. The world needs more people that are um, coming alive. Uh, So, Jake, how can people get a hold of you? I know you've got a great website and your book. How can people find your book and find you?
1: Yeah, of course. So my name is Jake Heilbrunn, and that's H-E-I-L-B-R-U-N-N. And that is my website, jakeheilbrunn.com. And I have over 50 blog articles. You can check out the book there. You can read the first couple chapters. And yeah, I'm kind of that name, Jake Heilbrunn, all over social media as well.
0: So awesome. And- uh, Jake, you ended up connecting with Jack Canfield.
1: Tell yes, me more about I that. Did. How did that? So happen? I started reading his book, The Success Principles. This was kind of a fun story, and I had learned about the power of like affirmation, visualization. I was already kind of using it in my life, like I had explained with the cacao shaman and that career counselor. But this was like the next level. So I read the Success Principles, and then I started affirming. And while I was writing the book, I was like, okay. Um, I'm going to want to try and get my book to some people. Cause I know social proof is like an important factor for getting my book out to the world. So I kept saying this one affirmation. I'm so happy and grateful that Jack Canfield wrote this loving, <laughs> glowing endorsement for my book. And then I'm scrolling through Facebook in like March of 2016. And I see this one day to greatness in LA with Jack Canfield, like no hesitation. I buy the ticket. I don't even have a car and I'm in San Diego, but I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to get there. And I do just that and I drive up in June and after the eight hour event, I wait three hours in line to be the very last person to meet Jack. And I'd brought a beta version of my book, like wasn't even finished. Um, the content was finished, but like I formatted it. There was not even a pack cover. And I had wrote this letter to Jack explaining how he'd inspired me. And, you know, I'd gotten my first speaking engagement following his principles and all this stuff. I just poured out <laughs> and he was like, wow, congratulations. Um, that's super cool. And he said, you know, no guarantees. I get a lot of requests and stuff. So I won't, I don't know if I'll be able to read it. So I said, okay, no problem. And the coolest thing was while I was waiting in line, I got to meet his dream team and they ended up sponsoring my ticket to his five day seminar in July, which was a completely transformative event for me. Like gave me so much energy and clarity going into my book launch. And then on the day of my book launch, which was essentially five months after giving Jack my book, I get this email from Jack and he said, hey, Jake, love the book. And then under it, it said this endorsement saying Jake Codron has written a book that every young person should read. It will inspire and empower you to live the life of your dreams. And I remember my literally my mouth dropped and i was like oh my goodness and i think that was a really powerful lesson for me also of like trusting the manifestation process because you know that that was five months but um i you know it's not necessarily about the attachment to the outcome either because i was so grateful for the opportunity to go to arizona like that was nothing i had planned so just you know having the faith and taking the action but maybe letting go of your attachment to the outcome but i just happened to have an amazing outcome (laughs)
0: No, that's awesome. And you make another incredible point of so much wisdom. It really is about the the journey. It's not about the destination because we never get it done. So to continue to enjoy the journey and, and course correct and go with the flow. I know you talk about that a lot too. Um, just Just trusting the flow of the universe. It's got your back. You're loved. And so what's next? What are you going to do next, Jake? Clearly mm-hmm. on a fantastic path, doing some great things. Are so you going to do some more writing, some more speaking? What's up?
1: Yeah. So that's as of right now, that's the plan. I'm speaking in L.A. this Friday, just trying to speak to reach a lot of um, high school kids, especially in college mm-hmm. kids and selling books, getting the word out there. And I'm very, you know, I'm in a phase right now where the kind of the unknown is a bit uncertain. But w- one thing I've learned is to be OK, sit with that uncertainty, embrace it and know that by trusting my gut, the next piece of the puzzle will fall into place.
0: Ah. Uh. Yes, I love it. Such wisdom for such a young man. I just adore you completely. Your parents must be so proud. I'm proud of you. I adore you. (laughs) Thank you. I
1: I appreciate (laughs) it, and I love I love Journey to the Center. I love the name of that. So it's it just really resonates with me.
0: Yeah, for me, it's really just about aligning with our soul, living a life we love, and you figured it out early on. And I'm I'm I know you're going to be reaching um, a massive audience for people that can really use this kind of empowering information. So I just think you're adorable and you're precious, and I'd love to have you back anytime.
1: No, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting again as well.
0: Okay. And so here's another quote, your fear of failure will only hold you back, but your success is your potential to make a positive impact, have an ability to transform you and perhaps the world. And that's another quote from Jake, and he's a living example of that quote. And I think we can all be, if we have the courage to take that leap of faith and say yes to our soul. So, Jake, thank you again. I think you're just extraordinary. I adore you completely. And to my friends and listeners, I love you too. Let's connect on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Write to me, Tammy B. PhD. Get my free ebook and guide to meditation. This really is about relationships, uplifting each other, helping each other, supporting each other, empowering each other, live the life of our soul and our dreams. So God bless you. Thank you. I love you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.